You're listening to SBS News. In his annual threat assessment, ASIO's Director General of Security, Mike Burgess, said more Australians are being targeted for espionage and foreign interference than ever before. And when we see more Australians targeted for espionage and foreign interference than ever before, we have a responsibility to call it out. Australians need to know the threat is real, the threat is now, and the threat is deeper and broader than you might think. Ask the Australian business owners who have been bankrupted or nearly bankrupted because spies stole their intellectual property. Ask the Australians who have been tracked, harassed and intimidated for daring to criticise a foreign regime. Or ask the thousands of Australians who have received online friend requests from spies in disguise. Nos Hosseini has drawn the ire of the Iranian government simply for speaking out against it. She says late last year a chilling warning was planted at her parents' home in Melbourne. My parents had a decapitated animal delivered to their front doorstep. My sister received messages from our relatives in Iran who were taken away for questioning and they were told, did your relatives like that nice little surprise that we left for them on, that do- on their doorstep? She says it was quite confronting and signified a threat. SBS has cited an image of the animal. Sources have told SBS incidents of foreign interference have rapidly escalated since members of the Iranian community in Australia led protests in solidarity with the Woman Life Freedom Movement in Iran, sparked by the suspicious death in custody of Masa Gina Amini, arrested for not correctly wearing her hijab. The regime's... Spy networks are quite strong and they're quite active in Australia. They infiltrate the protests. They've been openly taking multiple photos of activists. We've had protesters assaulted here in Australia. We've had protest organisers followed and their cars have been vandalised. Dara Conduit is a Middle East specialist at the University of Melbourne. She says Iran's global foreign interference efforts are centrally organised through official government agencies and also carried out by the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, known as the IRGC, a branch of the state's armed forces but separate to Iran's military. There are three key ways that Iran has uh, carried out foreign interference from targeted assassination plots, some which have tragically been successful globally, uh, the threatening of family members, of, um, of diaspora members. And the third key way is, I guess, using technology. Saba Vasefi was forced to flee Iran in 2010 due to her work with women on death row. She says she's still being monitored. I experienced two different types of harassment, online harassment and physical harassment, including stalking me. SBS has been shown extreme online harassment on Saba's social media accounts. Saba says one of her trolls was tracked by law enforcement agencies. They told me that person was previously in Australia, but now that person is in Iran. They told me people who they flagged their name, it would be difficult for them to get back to Australia. Uh, That's why I think people should report to the Federal Police and Department of Home Affairs because in that way... Um, the government would be able to navigate their network 
The government has set up a counter-foreign interference task force, which together with ASIO and the Australian Federal Police aims to disrupt any suspicious activity, but also inform the community about how to report it. A statement from the Department of Home Affairs says culturally and linguistically diverse communities face unique threats and issues arising from foreign interference, with some foreign powers or their proxies seeking to silence, intimidate, monitor or harass members of the community that they see as dissidents. Last year, the federal government took the highly unusual step of singling out one country, with Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill announcing this in her February 2023 address. We see it from many countries around the world and Iran is one of them. In an exclusive interview with SBS Persian, the Iranian ambassador to Australia, Ahmad Sadeghi, denied foreign interference is being carried out in Australia from the Iranian government. No, no, foreign interference from Iran here is not relevant, by no means, under no circumstances. The federal opposition's assistant spokesperson on foreign affairs, Claire Chandler, urged the Iranian ambassador to read the results of the Senate inquiry into human rights implications of recent violence in Iran and had this message to the Australian government. The government needs to be clear-eyed and transparent about its interactions with embassy officials here in Australia. The government needs to list the IRGC as a terrorist organisation. We also believe the government should be utilising the full suite of sanctions it has available to it. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill is responsible for leading the government's efforts to counter foreign interference. SBS requested an interview early last week to put these questions to her, but were declined an interview. We put some of our questions to the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. Foreign interference can occur in Australia and we have measures to ensure that it doesn't, and our security agencies are very diligent in doing work and reporting through our National Security Committee processes about these issues. Asked if the government would list the IRGC as a terror organisation, Mr Albanese had this to say. Look, we have uh, vigilant processes uh, through the listing of organisations. We go through those processes appropriately, including through the national security based upon advice. Iran has a long history of plotting and carrying out assassinations against individuals globally, and experts like Daniela Gavshon, the Australian Director at Human Rights Watch, warn if left unchecked, these events could continue to rise. Governments can get away with silencing journalists, um, human rights defenders and people beyond their borders. It really means nowhere is safe. Sydney-based activist Mohammed Hashemi knows this limbo. His cousin Majid Kazemi was executed by the government in Iran last year following his arrest during a woman life freedom protest. While in custody, Kazemi's family says he was interrogated about Mohammed's activism in Australia. And now operatives delivered this message to Mohammed's father in Iran. They told my father that we knew everything about Muhammad, what he's doing in Australia, where he lives, what's his job. If he won't stop, I got a mission to go to Australia and kidnap him and take him back to Iran. Foreign interference has been called the greatest threat against social cohesion in Australia. Members of the Rwandan community have told SBS they fear for their lives, targeted by a network of agents recruited by the Rwandan government on Australian soil.
Noel Ziabamwe is desperately searching for his brothers who have disappeared in Rwanda. He believes they were abducted by the Rwandan government to punish him for refusing to become an agent for President Paul Kagame's spy network in Australia. They tried many times to corrupt me, to make me be who they wanted me to be, but I refused. And by refusing, I was seen as an enemy of the country. I was seen as a person... Uh, who is threatening uh, the Rwandan image overseas, and therefore, to them, you know, I was like an enemy of the state. Despite living in Australia, Noel is also concerned about his own security. He says he receives a constant barrage of threats and intimidation from the Rwandan government and claims in 2017 the then Rwandan High Commissioner to Australia made a public declaration at a community event in Sydney, suggesting that if he had a gun, he would shoot Noel. Sources say the Rwandan diaspora is encouraged to join the Rwandan community abroad, a group linked to Mr Kagame's government. They are required to take an oath of allegiance to the governing party, the Rwandan Patriotic Front, if they want to be viewed favourably by the regime. Amiel Nubaha is chair of the Federation of Rwandan Communities in Australia. It's a very complex network which has people who would have come here as refugees. We have people who came through other various regimes. People may have came here as students. People may have come here to work. It manifests through uh, a through an atmosphere of cohesion, uh, through the atmosphere of to enjoy these privileges, you will do this, to enjoy, uh, to be able to move freely. Pam Phil Nagenzi is president of the Rwandan Association of Queensland. You have to know where you go. You have to know who's sitting next to you. You have to know their positions. The community is not... Uh, United the West should be. July last year, we had a, a cultural event here, and uh, we received th- some messages really threatening community and asking them not to take food because they think it was poisoned. Sources say the Rwandan government also creates smear campaigns against those who don't support it. Rwandan community member Cardinal Awushika says it divides the expat community via a government-issued diaspora card. If you don't have that card, you can't access any public service back home. Get not to know exactly who is abroad and also get to know who is with them on who is not. A statement from the Rwandan High Commission in Singapore, which is accredited to Australia, describes these allegations as nonsense, saying the Rwandan community abroad contributes over $450 million to the Rwandan economy in remittances, and despite distortions and disinformation on Rwanda's efforts by detractors, national unity is a priority for the country. Daniela Gavshon is from Human Rights Watch. Three decades of you know, human rights abuses in Rwanda and impunity for them. And then their increasing sort of position on the international stage, I think, has emboldened them. They're now suppressing dissent outside their borders. If they continue to be able to get away with that, it's just going to continue. Robert Mukambozi is a former journalist and member of the exiled Rwandan National Congress Opposition Party. He says he is actively hunted by the Rwandan government in Australia and abroad. In April 2022, Uh, When uh, I visited Uganda to see family, only to be surrounded by uh, uh, soldiers who took me to a military facility 
saying they have credible information that I'm going to be assassinated, I had no option but re- to return to Australia. So that's the kind of life that we live. He says the Australian government isn't doing enough to remove Rwandan operatives. I'm not just surveilled and uh, my gadgets hacked in Australia uh, and profiled. Uh, the, the risk of uh, physical violence or physical harm on individuals in this country is very possible. The community is crying out loud uh, for us to push back. A statement from the Department of Home Affairs says it regularly engages with culturally and linguistically diverse communities who are concerned about the threats of foreign interference to build community awareness and resilience. And it would continue to take strong action to deter foreign interference, protect the Australian community and uphold our laws and values. But for Noel Zimbabwe, he's taken matters into his own hands. In a quest to protect others and for answers about his missing brothers, he's enlisted the help of high-profile barrister Jennifer Robinson. She says they've filed a complaint to the United Nations Working Group on enforced or involuntary disappearances in 2021. It's important that people are brave enough to stand up and say this is not okay and to raise their case at the UN. And of course, it's it's the UN's role because the Rwandan government is not properly investigating these cases. More often than not, they're complicit in them and are trying to cover up the truth. The Rwandan government denies involvement. This year, it's going to be five years without knowing where my two brothers may be. I think that they are died. Cambodia's government has been listed as one of the world's top perpetrators of transnational repression. Sources tell SBS agents working for the ruling Cambodian People's Party are attempting to silence critics here in Australia. The last visit from Cambodia's head of government was in 2018, when then-Prime Minister Hun Sen threatened to follow and beat up protesters if they burnt his effigy. Next week, his son and new Prime Minister, Hun Manet, is due in Australia for the ASEAN Special Summit, stoking fear among some of the diaspora of an increase in surveillance and intimidation. Former Victorian Labor MP Hong Lim, an outspoken critic of the Cambodian government, has watched other pro-democracy voices living overseas become silenced, threatened, assaulted, detained and even murdered. If they dare to send people brazenly hitting people, in another country, why wouldn't they do it in Melbourne? Hong says he is being systematically targeted by members of the Cambodian People's Party, based both in Australia and abroad. He has been charged in absentia with incitement, and he says he's also received death threats but isn't certain of the source. The same death threat was sent to Victorian state MP Meng Hiang Tak before Cambodia's elections, held with no credible opposition in July last year. Meng Hiang Tak reads part of the letter. The hit list has been prepared to solve many problems that you and so-called democratic voice in Australia and around the world. So these people, including yourself, will be targeted for death by my Cambodian third-hand squad, who will be flying there to do the clean-up. Sources have told SBS agents for the Cambodian People's Party in Australia actively recruit members of the diaspora to ensure their allegiance to the regime. Sources also say regime-appointed senior officials monitor them in each state and territory except Tasmania through a sophisticated surveillance network. Officials are in charge of data collection, or in other words, reporting back about critics to censor any opposition.
But the Cambodian ambassador to Australia, Chambore Tumbaran, has this to say. Monitoring or surveillance uh, are terms that I, I, I think are misinforming or misguiding. Um, we, have, we have been uh, working closely with uh, community leaders across Australia Because we believe that uh, community engagement is crucial for uh, Cambodians' uh, social economic development, for enhanced Cambodian Australia bilateral uh, ties. Meng Hiang Tak says the network operates secretively. They operate in a very secretive uh, way, but one thing that we uh, observe is that uh, they're not shy away from uh, putting. Uh, these uh, network activities on Facebook. Facebook posts display meetings in Australia, members wearing the party uniform, including the Cambodian ambassador to Australia. One post shows a list of pro-democracy voices in Australia in the background of what sources have told SBS is a Sydney branch meeting. One of those pictured is Hemera In, a leader of the Cambodian political opposition, the Cambodian National Rescue Party, based in Melbourne. He says he has been accused by the Cambodian government of conspiring to commit an act of treason. I've seen this child just hold me in ransom, you know what I mean, uh, to, to keep me being scared, to instill fear in other people so we don't speak out against him. Just baseless. As a matter of fact, I love my country. I will do everything that I could, you know, to help Cambodia see uh, human rights being respected. But standing up for democracy has come at a cost, limiting his freedom of movement and association by the government punishing family members in Cambodia for the actions of their relatives abroad. Ahead of the ASEAN Special Summit in Melbourne to be attended by the Cambodian Prime Minister, some members of the diaspora fear this visit will only see surveillance and interference increase. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has defended the attendance list. Well, every ASEAN leader... Uh, is being invited to the Australia ASEAN Summit. And I think that the idea that we uh, don't uh, engage in Southeast Asia would be a counterproductive one. Federal Labor MP Julian Hill has long been an advocate for the Cambodian community in Australia, with his seat once holding a large number of the diaspora. We should not be granting visas to people who are coming here, the primary purpose of which is impacting and influencing and interfering in the rights of Australian citizens. A spokesperson for the Department of Home Affairs says the Australian government will continue to act decisively to protect the community from the risk of harm posed by individuals who choose to engage in criminal activity or behaviour of concern, including with visa cancellation or refusal where appropriate. At a pro-democracy function in Sydney, an opposition leader in exile, Mu Sokwa, hopes to embolden the diaspora. She has this message for the Australian government. The foreign relations um, uh, rely on the hope that Cambodia will change, uh, that the Hun Sen will change, that Hun Manet, the son, will be different from his father. That is being tolerant to, the, to dictators. The Cambodian government says it is building a legacy of peace and development, not the experience of those who fled to Australia to find safety. Jennifer Scherer, SBS News.